They're not related. The, the solos are not related to the Kenobis. What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. And today, what are we doing? What are we doing today, Daryl? Today, we are talking about something we've been meaning to talk about for quite some time now. For a while. It's a big cultural conversation. It is a big cultural phenomenon, and it is, of course, Raylo. Yes. And if you know us, we love science fiction, fantasy, and comic books, which is why we dig deeper into the characters, plot lines, and themes that appear in geek stories, like Star Wars, which we're always talking I think we've done more Star Wars shows than any other shows. I don't know. Lately, we've been racking up the Avengers shows pretty good. So. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Marvel is, is catching up. Um, but today's show promises to be a good one, so we'd love for you to actually join the conversation. We want to hear how you think and feel about these things as well. So leave us a comment on our blog, uh, which is thestorygeeks.com or .org. However you want to type it in, it'll probably get you there. Um, also, Podbean, YouTube, you can send us an email at thestorygeeks at gmail.com. And really quick, before you forget, click the subscribe button, because if you want to get other content from us, that's the easiest way to do it just downloads right to your phone which is which is awesome so do that um and like i said before uh shoot us an email we love when we get emails um jim shoots us an email like every week and gives us like <laughs> yeah. all kinds of cool <laughs> topics to go over so that's always awesome um so yeah thank you for listening in the story geeks podcast is produced by the reclamation society and we can't really dig deeper into Raylo. we need an expert we need somebody who is the premier person, not only a Star Wars expert from Network 1901, possibly the premier Star Wars expert from Network 1901. Oh, no. Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> but also the Raylo expert, probably uh, more so than anyone else I know, Shannon McCarter. What's up, guys? <laughs> Nothing much. Thank you for joining us. We always we always appreciate you coming on and geeking out with about Star Wars with us. Yeah, it's always a party. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other really cool thing I have to announce before we jump into this, because we're going to go really deep into this relationship. Um, we have new T-shirts. Yes. And you're going to want to go check out the T-shirts. So head on over to our blog, like I mentioned earlier, thestorygeeks.com. And we have Raylo t-shirts. So if Heck's you're into yeah. Raylo, yeah. <laughs> and Nathan Sheck designed it, um, the co-founder of the Reclamation Society, the production company of the Story Geeks podcast. He designed these shirts. It's and got one of the most talented dudes ever to draw a picture. <laughs> I mean, true. come on. It's very true. And you got to go. So the we're going to post as the art for this podcast. We're going to post, um, if you're watching, on, if you're going to listen on Podbean or if you go to the blog to listen, um, that art will be what's on the t-shirt. Yeah. So you can't go wrong with that. That's going to be really super cool. cool. Yeah, it's trust me, guys. Cool. You want this shirt. <laughs> I've seen it. You want this shirt. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So t Shannon, before we jump into Raylo, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I am Shannon McCarter from Network 1901. Um, I love talking about Star Wars. I've been completely obsessed with Raylo since The Last Jedi came out. I think I've just been like... Eat, sleep, dream, Raylo. That's like all it's been like twenty four seven. Other than that, it I read a lot of books. Before that, didn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I was into Raylo before that. We'll we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. Okay, um, yeah. In some Sorry. of the questions, Jump but in the gun. yeah, it, it's it really exploded after Last Jedi. And I mean, I read a lot of books, but lately it's been a lot of Star Wars books. So <laughs> yeah, and actually we've been uh, I've been talking to Shannon. We may even do another podcast. Um, so let us let us know if you want to hear this podcast. But um, we've been talking about doing another podcast, which is like everything you need to know from the books mm -hmm. as you go out to watch the films. Because like I've gotten so far behind in my book reading on Star Wars that I'm like, I have no clue how to catch up. 
But You're not as far behind as I am. <laughs> well, Trust true, me. True, true. I mean, there's a lot to catch up on. Like, it's it's really daunting. My friend and I were making, we were trying to, like, figure out how many canon books there are. There's more than you think that there are. Oh, so it's, it's it's really insane. Yeah, it's really insane. Um, so we're going to jump into Raylo. For those of you who have no clue what Raylo is, Shannon is going Think to give J-Lo, us... But, but cooler. Think J-Lo, but with an yeah. R. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to have Shannon give us a little bit of background into how Raylo started and how it has exploded into popularity. So, Shannon, can you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. So, Raylo is the um, the ship, the pairing um, of Rey and Kylo Ren from Star Wars. And this, you know, people were shipping this, like, all the way back when TFA first started coming out like when TFA first came out and I think it kind of goes back to one of the first scenes that they share together which includes a bridal carry which I mean you know obviously there's something kind of going on there but there was just this interesting tension this interesting relationship kind of going on with Raylo and this small community kind of like jumped up and were shipping it and they faced a lot of uh, a, a lot of hate for it. They were getting a lot of just like, oh, you're reading too much into things. That's not a real thing. Like that's, There's no way it would ever go in that direction. So the fandom was pretty small. But after Last Jedi, it's really exploded. And people who were afraid to say that they shipped Raylo or maybe didn't ship it quite as hard are just like pouring out of the woodwork. And it's it's become quite a big corner of the fandom now. So... I, you have to define two words, well, three words for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I know what shipping means because we've had this conversation a little bit before. But for those of them, for those people who are listening who don't know what shipping means, what does shipping mean? So it's basically when you want two characters to be in a relationship together. So like, and that doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. Like it can be, you know, if you just really want two people to be bros, like that's totally fine too. But like if people ship Raylo, it means that they really want them to be in a romantic relationship and it's funny because like back in 2015 we were so grasping at straws it's like it doesn't even have to be romantic i just want there to be something going on there but man after (laughs) after last jedi like sky's the limit (laughs) okay so that that makes a lot of sense what is what does what does bridal carry mean? Because <laughs> that one went right over my head, and I'm so, normally I feel like so I'm normally the up scene, on this. The scene where they're in the forest, like the very first time that they meet on Tokadana, and he um, does the little like force thing, and she faints, and he picks her up. That's a bridal carry. Oh, like over the threshold. Got yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, because see, you know, technically, why on earth would he carry her into the ship? I don't know. That's a little bit strange. Why on earth would they play a Romeo and Juliet music swell while he does it as well? That's a little <laughs> odd. But, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, okay. This, so this is good. So so the, basically what we're saying is there have been ever since these two characters appeared on screen. Um, and you, you can't, I mean, you can't really deny the fact that um, Adam Driver is a an amazing actor oh yeah um and also very compelling to watch on screen portrays a lot of emotion is very vulnerable throughout and well vulnerable but trying not to be vulnerable in certain circumstances which is fascinating (laughs) um but then also daisy ridley who's extremely likable and very compelling to watch so it kind of makes sense that people would want them to be together in a relationship Oh, yeah, their chemistry is just absolutely insane. And just, like, hearing, like, how they talk about the characters and, like, the relationship between them, especially in, um, if you have 
uh, The Last Jedi on DVD, there's like a director in the Jedi little documentary. Just hearing oh, man, them talk so about good. the relationship, so so cool. Like it's it's amazing. I haven't watched that yet. It oh, is you've so got good. It. It's really. amazing. It's literally as good as the movie. It'll I make mean, you cry. Really. Yeah, yeah, it will make you cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll make me cry. It'll yes. make you cry. It will I make you cry. Know. It yes. really will. I don't know about. There's that. like one thing in particular that like yeah, it's gonna make you cry. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I'll watch it. I just I just listened to a Blast Points podcast and they were talking about it. Yeah. So now you it's guys are raving good. about it. Now I gotta watch it. It mm-hmm. will make you cry. There's a couple points that you would expect would make you cry, and then there's a couple that you wouldn't expect it but yeah. made me cry. Oh really? Oh, like yeah. when when Mark Hamill and Frank Oz oh, see each God. other again oh, for the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I teared up at that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, like man. all of the Carrie stuff, just like, yeah, oh, that's man. The, oh, they sure. do that so beautifully. Oh, like it, it honors her so well. Mm-hmm. So, before I move on to asking Daryl a little bit about his perspectives on Raylo, I do want to ask. So, Shannon, when when did this start to become a thing? Like, like you talked about in The Force Awakens, it's starting to show up for some people. It wasn't as big until after The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. but for you, when was the moment where you're like, oh, this is really fascinating and I'm, I don't want to see more of this? Well, I remember when I saw Force Awakens the first time, I had like this feeling like whenever it was over and I was like, there's something going on between Kylo Ren and Rey. But like it, it was just a feeling and like I, I didn't feel secure enough like in my place in the fandom because that was kind of my entry point into Star Wars fandom. So I didn't really want to talk about it. And like I saw that the ship was kind of giving a lot of hate. So I just kind of kept it to myself. But I actually started listening to a podcast called Scavenger's Horde and they're, they ship Raylo like they're um, a sequel trilogy podcast and just hearing them talk about it and like their theories and they were so like well thought out and they made so much sense. So I started to get really 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 excited and then like when last jedi came out and like so many of their theories were like coming true i was like oh my god like this is amazing and this is really happening Mm. and i've just been like accepted into the fandom since then and it's just been like absolutely amazing have you listened to scavengers horde daryl no shannon that's that's the podcast with the um two british women yeah well yes yeah i'm assuming i'm assuming they're they're british because well one is one is still in england the other one has moved to america but yeah ah so let me just put it this way they have the most calm podcast (laughs) i've ever heard it's just very it's very polite it sounds it's It's like listening to npr it's so easy on the ears you're just like listening like oh yeah this is great well what's Um, funny is and they'll get like really salty but it's still like super chill that's great (laughs) that's right that's right okay so daryl i'm gonna transition over to you because i want to know kind of what you think about the rise of raylo and what how do you ship Raylo? <laughs> <laughs> do you ship it, man? Yeah, do you ship it? Uh, I'm 41. I don't think I'm qualified to ship anything. <laughs> but um, but I, I think it's super cool that we have characters that are so well-written that people care so much about them mm. so as to create this whole subculture. And I'm, it's not even really a subculture anymore. Like Shannon said, before Last Jedi... Yeah, it was reaching a bit, maybe. I mean, I think there are still hints of it in Force Awakens, but after Last Jedi, that's just the story. I mean, (laughs) there's clearly something there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think it's really cool that there's a whole fandom just for that. Yeah. Because they are amazingly written characters and amazingly acted characters. I mean, I've said many times, Kylo is my favorite Star Wars character from any of the movies. 
Well, Ray is is in my top three. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So I think it's awesome, and I think it actually from a story perspective to have something between the two of them makes a lot of sense. I mean, she's trying to figure out who she is and he has some answers for that. He doesn't have all of them, but Hmm. he knows more than she does and he wants to share it with her. Yeah. Maybe not for the best reasons, but he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think I would definitely say that Daisy Ridley and Adam driver have much more chemistry than Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. And the fact that, but not the, as uh, much as John Boyega oh and Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's actually very true. Yes. Well, in in the director commentary too, like at the very end when um, Ray and Finn hug, Ryan Johnson says, "Oh, those two friends." I'm like, "Oh, oh. friends." <laughs> Friend. Oh, what did they say on the Empire podcast? They said, uh, "Rose loves Finn. Finn loves Ray." Ray loves Kylo, and Poe will do anything. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's yeah. Right, that's right. You can ship Poe with anything. He is so just charming. Like honestly, like I ship him with like everybody. Like it's just crazy. It's interesting that it's interesting you guys are. Uh, I do think that that's true about the chemistry. The chemistry. Finn is just such a likable character, in general, because he's so in, he's so endearing. You know, like he's such an endearing person. Um, my thoughts on Raylo are that I'm not sure what to think yet. So we're, I mean, we're mm. going to explore this in, in yeah. much greater detail because like, you know, there's a part of me that goes, are they trying to do another Luke Leia thing where they're actually related in some way? Because we don't really know what the, now, now, now granted, Shannon might be like, no, I have some book knowledge here that I'm going <laughs> yeah. to provide you. Yeah, and they saw my doing Instagram with story, Luke man. and Leia, were they? I mean, the Luke and Leia thing, when, when the first movie came out, they weren't, Siblings. Yeah, that wasn't planned. That came later. Yeah, yeah correct, correct. So they weren't trying to lead you down a creepy misdirect or anything. Right, yeah. No, 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 no. They weren't trying. No, yeah, you're right. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, this is. This would be creepy. I would, <laughs> I would say that the scene where he shows up uh, in his Kylo Ren challenge outfit is. <laughs> oh, is Ben definitely, Swolo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben Swolo. Th- that part right there is like. Okay, I really hope they're not related because just the way that it's handled is—it's <laughs> yeah. obvious that they want that tension there. Yeah, that blew my mind. I can't believe that they actually went there. I was like, "Oh man, sky's the limit, guys." <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> they're not related. The, the solos are not related to the Kenobi's. <laughs> you think, y'all, you're holding to that theory, kind of. Okay. Okay. I mean, it could still pan out. I was I was really hard on the Ray Kenobi train. I I like the Ray Nobody train, but I'd be totally okay if she was a Kenobody, a Kenobody, a Kenobi. That's, <laughs> that's the thing right there. That's the I was n- like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think of old Ben. He's a Kenobi. He's, he's a, a Kenobody. He's a Kenobody. <laughs> I just feel like with with Episode Nine being put back in JJ's hands, I feel like he's gonna go back and fulfill some of the stuff that he planted in Force Awakens. Oh, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think there's he, gonna be a he will see there. the harvest that's true yeah. i will say that from reading um the art books like the art of the force awakens and the art of last jedi i strongly believe that the original concept when they were thinking of the sequel trilogy was the jedi killer falls in love with the last jedi just from the stuff mm. that's in those books because every every little bit of concept art for kylo is all Jedi killer. And they all like had this huge emphasis on how are we going to do the Jedi killer? Like, how is he going to look like, what are his motives? What's going on with him? It's so focused on that. And then they switch over 
to Last Jedi and like they're so focused in on like Kira who becomes Rey and I just really feel like that's the way that they were gonna go like that was the original idea obviously I have no idea but that is what I think I wish they'd call him the Jedi killer more often that's I know awesome. that's, that's sweet <laughs> I know right yeah, that's super <laughs> so cool. cool the oh, the man. art for that is insane it's like re it's really really cool oh we need to give <laughs> we need to give away the Art of Rogue One book. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, we'll give it away soon. We'll give it away soon. Um, by the way, if you want the Art of Rogue One book, you guys just got to subscribe to our email. And we pick from the email. We draw from the email to win the Art of Rogue One book, which we were supposed to give away like literally eight months ago. <laughs> Good job. So, yeah, I know. Not, not, not on top of that. Um, all right. So let's, let's dive into a little bit more of the relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren. Um so that we can start to understand why Raylo has become such a big thing. So let's just go. Let's just start like back, um, back in the Force Awakens. What are some of the elements that started to stand out to you guys? Where you started to go, whoa, there's something here that's really interesting. Especially, especially because Abrams in that film was definitely trying to create a Finn Ray relationship as well. So what about Kylo Ren in that film stands out? We heard we heard Shannon already talk about the bridal carry, but what else stands out there? I'll start with you, Shannon, because you, you you have all the you have all the moments. And then we can I've respond got, to. I've them. got like these bullet points in front of me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, there's a lot of just fairy tale imagery in general in The Force Awakens. Like there's a lot of castles. Obviously, the bridal carry. Um, I, the bit of music when Rey meets BB-8 might as well be Rey meets her animal guide because that's so freaking magical. Um, but there's just there's something about their connection and there's something about like Kylo Ren's fascination with like the girl. It's like, what girl? Like, who are you talking about? Like, she's just a nobody. And that comes up a lot in the novelization, so much so that my friend Alex and I have actually come up with the theory that we think Kylo Ren had been dreaming of Rey like his entire life. So he kind of knew who this girl was. So he was like caught off guard when he found out that she was just a scavenger because they've both been hearing these voices and like the force bond and the way that they show um, the vision when she touches the lightsaber and like the, that one scene where he's like walking towards her. It's like, did they connect in that moment? Like, is he walking, you know, is he actually seeing her? And like that fight at the end and he's so fascinated by her power. Like she's, you know, his equal. And he's like, I, I don't understand you. Like you're a nobody, what's going on here? I want to teach you, I want to help you instead of it being that antagonistic relationship. So it's already like a different dynamic and it's not quite what you would expect it to be, which is just really fascinating and really cool to explore. Yeah, definitely. What, what in that, Daryl, what are some of the things that you picked up on in The Force Awakens? Well, definitely the, the what girl thing. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people overlook. Mm. Um, and then also during the fight in the forest at the end of the movie, like Kylo seems to just kill everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yet when he, when he meets up with Rey, he doesn't try to kill her, mm. you know. And I feel like you know, he's struggling to understand his place in the Force just as much as she is for different reasons and different ways, but he's having a very similar struggle to her. And so when he says to her, he's like, you need a teacher. He's like, I can teach you. And he's trying to take that position of superiority, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I feel like he needs it just as much as she does. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, I mean, there may not be a lot of romantic hints yet, but there's clearly, even in the first movie, there's a very strong connection between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something going on there. Yeah. You can feel it. Mm-hmm. Just like there was a very strong connection between Luke and Vader in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. You know, like we didn't know about the whole father thing yet, but mm. there's clearly, you know, the big hero and the big villain. There's right. There's a connection there. Yeah. Well, and it's also very interesting. Like this isn't in the movie, but it's in the novel when um, Snoke is talking to Kylo Ren. Snoke says, you have compassion for her. And the fact that that even makes it into the book, like, it's like, Mm. okay, that's a little bit interesting. Like, what's what exactly is going on there? You know, there's just all these little little things mixed in there. Yeah, that's really fascinating. I think, too, the fact that he took his mask off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he had he had to show that that Pantene Pro V hair. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and like Ray's reactions, our reaction. (laughs) It's like, what? Oh, no, he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny, too, because you you take like you when you're a kid. Right. And you love, you know, you I was I was a big fan of Darth Vader or whatever, like whatever, whoever had a helmet. I was like, that dude is cool. Right. (laughs) Um, And so you'd wear helmets. Your hair does. Your hair never comes out looking like that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It was bad. Yeah, you're. Your hair comes out like like glued to your forehead with sweat. <laughs> you look oh, totally see, disgusting. Not when you're a Skywalker solo. Like that those are in your jeans, man. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Have you seen the the bad lip reading of The Force Awakens? Oh, oh my god. I'm not sure. Yes. Have you seen that, Shannon? Yes. <laughs> I love the part because they have the the interrogation scene between Kylo and, and Ray. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's like, whatever weird girl. It would be great if we could play with my kissy bits. <laughs> well, and at one you point, he like, pulls out like a moment. finger pu- puppet. And it's I've like, watched that happening? like 30 times. So. Oh, yeah, the finger puppet. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, a couple of things you guys uh, picked up on I think are really important. Like, I, I feel like one of the things that J.J. Abrams was doing in The Force Awakens that was definitely subverted by... Uh, Ryan Johnson is that J.J. Abrams was purposefully telling you how important Ray was, and so that you know what gets subverted in the Last Jedi obviously is that it's sort of confirmed that she's quote unquote a nobody. Now, when I say confirmed, what I mean is there's no there we're supposed to get the indication that she feels like she does not have a connection to any other character um now there are some really interesting theories that we can go into about that regardless of that um i think you guys are so right in like what girl like he seems to have a preconceived notion of who this person could be there's not a lot of women in the galaxy that Kylo Ren's going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, who are you talking about? What yeah. girl? Right? Right. It's, yeah. There's something there. That line is not, if it's a throwaway line, it doesn't make any sense in the context of the film whatsoever. So it's, it seems like there's a connection between Rey and Kylo Ren prior to anything we see on film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it gets it gets crazier, too, because uh, like if you want to get into like super crazy conspiracy theory time, like uh, Kylo Ren was born during the Battle of Jakku. And then later on, who do we meet? But this nobody from Jakku who's his equal in the force in every way. Like, that's kind Mm. of interesting. 
He was born during the Battle of Jakku. He was. And he's described as this bright spot of hope amidst all this darkness. In the was it in la- it was either in last shot or it's in the aftermath novels, um, but yeah, so it gets it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah, and then Ray shows up on Jakku. So obviously the force is working in these two. There's no qu- I mean, I'll, well, as we're, when we start to get into the Last Jedi, we'll go into even more of that. Oh yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about though in the Force Awakens that I find interesting is that. Kylo's version of emotion because he has so much fear and he has actually the reverse fear of what would be helpful to the Sith, which is sort of like self-doubt fear, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> it'd be much more beneficial to a Sith if you just had uh, absolute hatred that was driving your fear, but he doesn't. Cause like, like you should said, Shannon, um, this, this line of you have compassion for her. Well, that's not very, that's not a very Sith thing to have. <laughs> um, it's so a very Anakin it, thing to have. You, well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Anakin is very similar yeah. to Kylo Ren in so many ways. In, in fact, you could say that Ben Solo's kind of an inverse of Anakin. He's kind of on the opposite path. Like, Anakin became more machine. He's becoming more human, possibly. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a poeticness to that. Oh, to it that rhymes. Shift. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing, though, that, that I think comes out of his fear is this desire to control so he's controlling everybody else right like every single stormtrooper or every single officer that ever has to deal with kylo ren is terrified because he's going they're terrified of him just going off like the one guy it's, it's, a, it's actually a hilarious scene where he's like anything else and the guy's like <laughs> uh there is a girl and then he like pulls the guy over right it's like did he need to pull that dude over like that no but what does he do he actually says he actually showcases control in all cases and Ray is like the one person besides Snoke that he literally cannot control. Um, so that's an interesting point to make as we look at this relationship in greater detail is it actually starts out with Kylo trying, uh, making an attempt to control uh, this female that he, that he has feelings for in some way, shape or form. So with that, let's transition. Or are you going to comment, Daryl? Well, are you going to transition into Last Jedi? Yeah, I was. what I'm yeah. going to say goes into that. But as you're talking, I'm realizing you're right. He couldn't control Snoke. Yeah. And he can't control Rey. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. I feel like he has to have a connection to somebody else in the Force. And I think when Rey came along that allowed him to sort of gain the confidence to the point where he would be willing to kill Snoke Ah. because Mm -hmm. Ray could actually replace Snoke in his, you know, his subconscious need for someone to help him figure out who he is. Hmm. Yeah. Cause he has this, he has this ingrained need to prove himself to everyone, but what he, Oh, sorry. I should say he wants to prove himself to everyone, but his actual need is to be accepted by other people. Exactly. That's, why that's why it's so interesting to see the the struggle he has with Rey. So let's let's transition into the Last Jedi. Shannon, what are some of the elements of the Last Jedi that really stand out to you? Especially especially because um, when we start to talk about, so in the Force Awakens, it went from sort of this what if to a much more solidified 
oh yes, this is sort of happening. And so as that transition happens, what are some of the key things you point to that go like, yeah, this is, this is why Raylo is being shipped so hard? Well, it's, to be honest, The Last Jedi is kind of combines a couple of really popular romance tropes in like genre fiction that's normally geared towards women. Mm. And the first one is that it's, pretty much your classic enemies to lovers trope like the force awakens is obviously their enemies and then the last jedi it's more of like it's complicated something's going on there so like it seems like the natural progression would be that we would have that romantic relationship coming out in nine and what we also have coming out here is that this movie is so Beauty and the Beast, like literally to AT, especially the French version from the 1940s. Um, I just listened to this podcast from Meta Machina where they like go through all of it, and it's just so Raylo. Mm. You could start, you could part, you could start playing Evermore at the end of Last Jedi, and it fits <laughs> in perfectly. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's just it's got so many of these tropes going into it, and like it, it almost seems like the fate and like the force is drawing them together. Like even in that first force bond connection, which was actually predicted in some like very early um, like Raylo fan fiction and like Raylo metas, which was like so far fetched. Nobody ever thought that would ever happen. Like he he's so curious by her and he's just like, you, you can't be doing this. Like the effort would kill you. Like this is something else. And like we learn in the novel that like the cosmic force is flowing through them and it has a will and Ray realizes this and she's willing to wait for Ben Solo to figure that out for himself. So there's something going on, like the force is drawing them together, whether or not Snoke actually created that bond, it's still there after he dies. There's still something going on between them. And Ray is such a strong character and I really do think that she's dealt with this intense loneliness her entire life and it's probably very hard for her to open up to people. So the fact that she opens up to Kylo Ren after a couple days of this force bond and to the point where she's telling him about like her abandonment and she's like crying in front of him and like we have that whole hut scene like that's pretty intense. Like that's some intense emotion and that's an intense relationship that's built up to the point where she's completely driven to go to the Supreme to try to save him to try to bring him back to the light like she feels a very intense emotion for him like you can definitely see that and the end of that movie just like breaks my heart like just seeing him like kneeling on the ground and he's completely alone again like I don't know what Ryan Johnson did but he clearly watched a whole lot of Pride and Prejudice and a whole lot of Beauty and the Beast <laughs> what, what about those things to you Daryl shows up what are some of the key moments in the last Jedi that show up for you well, yeah, there's obviously the Force connection, which I don't necessarily believe that Snoke was behind. Hmm. I think he was trying to gain control of Kylo there by claiming to have caused that. Interesting, but, okay. Because I feel like that was maybe something beyond him, too. But um, I also feel like Luke sort of drove Raylo to Kylo a little bit. Hmm. Raylo to Kylo. (laughs) Ray to Kylo. There's too many lows. (laughs) Ray to Kylo. Um, Because if he would have been a little bit more open to her and willing to help her, then maybe she wouldn't have looked so hard for that. She wouldn't have been so welcoming to Kylo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting that you say that because Daisy Ridley said in an interview that, like, Luke was supposed to be, like, nurturing her and helping her, but instead it's Kylo who's doing that. Yeah. So, like, that's so crazy. (laughs) Yeah, which is what she's desperately looking for. So Luke didn't give it to her, 
but Kylo will in his own twisted, you know, self-focused way. But another thing that, so uh, Shannon, maybe you can shed some light on this, but one of the scenes that always intrigues me, I just watched the last Jedi again yesterday. And, um, it's during one of the force projection conversations between the two of them when she wants to ask him why he killed Han, Mm -hmm. but she can't say it. Hmm. And he's like, go ahead, say it. You know? And she's like, why did you kill your father? And she starts crying because she can't say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that part always intrigued me so much. Like why, why is she crying so hard? Is it just because she's mourning Han? Is it because she's afraid to open herself up to him in that way by asking that question? Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I think that I, I do think she is mourning Han because she she attached herself onto him very quickly, which is something that Kylo notices and he says. And it's an interesting thing the way he talks to her. He just wants her to be honest with herself. That's something that we learn about Ray is that she's been lying to herself like her entire life because she knew that her parents were never coming back for her, and yet she keeps telling herself that they were going to. And he just really wants her to be honest with herself. So he keeps saying like you know you latched on to Han Solo because you just wanted to need somebody and like this that and the other thing and I think she just couldn't say it because in her mind like how could somebody who had a family who loved them just throw it all away because she's never had any of that so that's so precious to her and she's desperate to understand because she just truly doesn't and so that's a really interesting dynamic that was going to happen between them except he you know deflects the question and doesn't really answer it quite right um but that's one huge difference between them because ray has everything that ben ever wanted he just wants to be his own person without all of these expectations because he's born into this huge family whereas ray has only ever wanted a family and to have a place in this universe and so they both have what the other person really really wants and i think that's kind of what we're seeing coming out in that question yeah i think another thing from the last jedi too is the fact that if you look at finn the whole time throughout the movie finn is like where's ray where's ray he's Hmm. got the beacons so he can find ray right he's doing everything he can to reconnect with ray that's his motivation and on ray's side I don't think she says a word about him throughout the entire Last Jedi. <laughs> you so know? She, so she does ask Chewie to check in on him, but like that, just yeah, once. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's clear that they want us to see that there is an imbalance in that relationship. Yeah. You know, in mm-hmm. the Force is imbalance in the Force. Um, yeah, no, that's that's really true. I think you guys are hitting on some of the key moments for sure. Um, what's interesting to me is I think the the background of these two characters matter and we still don't have all of the background information that we need. There's some missing pieces of information that would allow us to fill in the gaps that would showcase why we want uh, these two characters, well, if we want them to be together together, or if we don't, we're missing some of that key information. So for example, we don't really know what Ray's true backstory is. Are they siblings? (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a very key piece of data no but like so i think like because for example um i think shannon we talked with dale about this a little bit um on the last jedi show that we did but 
I tend to think that the answer to who Rey is is that Rey is more of an Anakin in terms of she was created by the Force. Um, mm. Now, I don't, I don't think that that's the only answer to the question, but I think it's a very intriguing answer to the question because it puts her in a place that says, yeah, technically I'm from no one, so I am a nobody, quote unquote, but I'm also one of the most important characters in the history of the Star Wars universe because the Force literally created me to do something, um, which, is, which is a pretty fascinating take on that character. But if she's a if she's a Kenobi, it's the same type of thing, right? Like there is this there's this feeling of destiny, and I think that that's what we're going to learn about Rey's character. That she, even though she may be an unlikely hero because she's not from a place that we might expect, destiny is still governing what she's doing. You talked about the cosmic force, which is from what I understand because I haven't read the novelization, mostly from the novelization, since we don't really mm-hmm. get it in the movie. Um, but that's what's been used as the destiny that the force is always trying to compel people to do is coming from the cosmic force. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting perspective. Kylo Ren, on the other hand, is coming from a steeped in history. I mean, Kylo Ren's family members literally shaped the galaxy. (laughs) Um, and that's the lineage that he's coming from. So from a legacy standpoint, Daryl, because I know you love to talk about legacy, he has all of the legacy of the galaxy wrapped up in his history, in his backstory. Exactly. So that's why I love him. And they're on this collision <laughs> course, right? Like I think Ray is the Ray if she's not a Kenobi, especially, if she is a force creation, or if she's a nobody, meaning she wasn't created by the force, but like the Or a Kenobody. <laughs> I don't think yes. we should let that go. I no, think, we can't I think Shannon go. was on to something. I mean, I, I honestly think that should be the new shirt, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but if she is Broom Boy, meaning yeah. like that kid's <laughs> yeah. obviously, well, obviously, that kid doesn't seem to be related to anybody else. Okay, this total tangent real fast. Yeah. Sorry, but do you think Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's going to make later is about the grown-up versions of Broom Boy and oh his God, two I friends? <laughs> I, oh, I can just see it. No, it gets even <laughs> crazier. So there's been all of these, like, fake leaks for Nine coming out on Reddit. There's one hilarious one that says, like, Broom Boy is the one who saves the day. And, like, he has this connection with Kylo Ren and, like, brings him back to the light side and, like, Ray's the real villain. It's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. That's really funny. Anyhow, sorry, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I, um, I mean, the, the path I was going down was that basically, if you've got, if Ray is more of a broom boy, meaning that the force is now working in people that are not part of the Skywalker family, mm-hmm. uh, then Kylo plays off that in a very powerful way because he is a key piece of what happens to the Skywalker family. Yeah. So you have these, the new and the old. Kind of so so and it's so fascinating that Kylo is telling us kill everything that's old and yet Ray is the one that's going like well let's not kill everything that's old yeah and she's the new she's the new thing yeah Kylo so, is what's old Kylo is what's old yeah so it's kind of an interesting perspective on that um, so we're gonna transfer into some oh, wait b- before we move on yeah. I do want to say that all of the stuff like with the cosmic force and all of that if you have the novelization or if you just want to look it up it's on page. 260 Mm. and ray literally says that she learns that the force was not her instrument that in fact it's the other way around so like she is an instrument of the cosmic force and they say earlier on 
that the Skywalkers were the preferred instrument of the Force, but it's been known to use others. And there is this popular theory that Rey's awakening was because, like, the Force needed to balance out Ben Solo. So, like, she, the Force was awakened in her in order to create that balance. So that could be where they're going. I have no idea, but I really like that theory. <laughs> yeah, I love that theory, actually. I think it's really mm-hmm. strong. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks for bringing in that knowledge. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, that's what so I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we're going to do a really quick, we're going to do just kind of a midpoint break. This is where we have a chance to talk about some of the other stuff that's going on that we're, that we're working on. Um, so we, uh, a few weeks ago, came out with uh, a deeper dive into the character of Thanos from Infinity War. You can expect a lot more Marvel content from us, but <laughs> that was that was probably one of my favorite recent episodes to dive into. Probably one of my favorite of all time. Yeah, yeah. So really cool. So if you haven't checked that out yet, definitely check that out. We go. We there's this really intense question that we got from a listener, which is basically the question originally was if God had told Thanos to do what he's doing, um, which I won't spoil for anybody, but you probably know by now what he's doing. Um, <laughs> would it have still been evil or not? And there's some people out there who actually Ooh. don't believe that what he's doing is evil. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And we took that question even further and said, how is what is Thanos like comparative to some of the portrayals of God that we see even in the Old Testament, because Daryl and I are both Christ followers, so we we know those stories and are aware of those stories, and so we dove that deep. We had Justin Weaver on the podcast with us, who yeah. has like two master's degrees in like theology, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, so that was a, that. I really liked that conversation. I thought like that conversation was really um, intriguing and interesting, and I think it'll continue because yeah, there's a lot of opinions <laughs> out there, and I'm learning that. I, I I think I rarely get soapboxes. Yeah, I'm not a soapboxy <laughs> kind of guy, but I think when it comes to Thanos and some people's opinions about him, I'm starting to develop a soapbox. Ooh, yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen Daryl get so fired up. He's like he's like this is this is the the way that it is. Yeah, we <laughs> oh, won't spoil awesome. the yeah. angle here, but yeah. yeah. So um, so that's always fun. Uh, also I have been, um, so we have Shannon and Shannon is from network 1901 <laughs> and I have been co-hosting, uh, gold blooming, which is on network 1901. It's a podcast about Jeff Goldblum. Um, we've done some, uh, you've probably heard some of our, uh, like, uh, addendums to gold blooming the store geeks are doing. And when we addend gold blooming, we sort of attend it with like really deep questions about like what's motivating the characters from the Jeff Goldblum films that he's in. So it's not really a, it's not so much like, let's talk about Jeff Goldblum some more. It's more like what is going on in these characters and how they're interacting in this gold bloom film. It's more story geeksy in the way that I never used that phrase before. <laughs> story geeky probably is a better stick. way of saying it. No, I like geeksy. <laughs> yeah, I like geeksy too. That should be your other we'll word. Geeksy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get story um, geeksy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Like I said, at the I'm glad you said that actually, Shannon, because like I said at the beginning of the show, we have Raylo t-shirts. So there's a lot of Raylo t-shirts out there. Um, ours is is uh, very to the point. It says Raylo. <laughs> you see the two yeah. sabers. To the point. Yeah, ex- <laughs> I like it. <laughs> exactly. So, 
check that out for sure. If, you, if you're into Raylo, um, I think it's a shirt that you're going to want to check out. Uh, we have other t-shirts that will be on there as well. So to do that, head over to our blog, thestorygeeks.com, and then just click on Shop, and you'll get right to that, which is easy. What are some of the other things we've been working on, Daryl? We've got um, some episodes coming out on the our top 10 geek tv shows of all time oh yeah we spend a lot of time talking about movies so we finally took some time to talk about tv shows yeah i think that one came out a little while ago yeah i'm doing the whole thing where we're recording this now yeah. but it's coming out <laughs> later and just just yeah. the reason why that's so difficult to determine is that like daryl and i alone recorded like four podcasts last week <laughs> oh and, I, and between that and goal blooming i recorded seven podcasts <laughs> yeah. in a week Nathan texted me today. Which one are we releasing next week? <laughs> exactly. We got it's like a little literally crazy. me with books right now. It's like, yeah. I don't know what order yeah. I'm releasing these in. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun doing this. So, and sometimes we we get so that we're like in this mode of like, uh oh, we better record something new, and we're like trying to catch up. So we said, let's get in a mode of like we're in advance of everything. Yeah. So we did that. So kind of fun. Yeah, we did that. We also did an episode on um, that we called "Who Played It Best." Oh yeah, where we took a look at lots of geek story characters from the past that have been played by multiple actors and decided who we thought did it best. That's right. And then we have a Patreon episode dedicated just to who we would cast. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then we have a, 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 an episode where we dig deep into the Incredibles, which will likely come out closer to the release of the Incredibles two. That's with Josh and Angie from network. Frequent guests of the podcast. Um, (laughs) Network 19 crew, that is. Uh, so the other thing you can do is uh, check out our Patreon. So we've been talking about some of the content that's out there on Patreon. Patreon is a service where you can support what we're doing by giving monthly. Uh, the lowest donation amount, you can, well, yeah, I mean, you can choose your own donation amount. So if you wanted to give a dollar, you could just to give a dollar. But our lowest tier is $3, which means that all the extra content that we come out with um, for $3 a month, less than a cup of coffee for most people, uh, less than a comic book is the other thing we say all the time. Especially if you're talking DC Comics, who just announced that all of their titles are going up to three ninety nine. Oh, my snap. gosh. Yikes. Um, so, yeah, less less than a, than a DC comic book. You can get additional <laughs> content from the Story Geeks. It's really more of a way for you to say, like, hey, we love what you guys are doing. We support you. And then for us to give thanks by giving you some more content. And we get some awesome suggestions from our patrons. So Jim is consistently giving us lots of good topics. Monty is a brand new uh, patron. And, and Monty is, is obviously, like, like I said, he's the one that keyed up the Thanos question. So we're getting a lot of really cool suggestions from the um, Patreon listeners. So go head out to Patreon and um, patreon.com. You can find the link in the show notes and uh, support us over there. We really appreciate that. Also, while you're at it, why not check out Network 1901 and what Shannon's up to <laughs> and support them as well. You can support them on Patreon. And last, last thing I'll mention, and then we'll jump right back into the Raylo stuff, is um, the live show. I was like, wait, what am I, what was I say? <laughs> It's like, um, I actually forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, the live show. So, so most Thursdays, uh, it can't happen every Thursday because you know, life, (laughs) life gets in the way. Um, but most Thursdays we do a live show on YouTube. And so if you subscribe to us, youtube.com slash the story geeks, uh, you'll see, you'll check out these live shows. Now the cool thing about the live show is that literally we make changes to the live show as it's happening because we're interacting with everyone who's there in the chat. And the topics are almost always interactive. 
almost always interactive. So we did a couple weeks back. We did a Star Wars heroes versus villains. Um, I'm looking at the board right now. Vader wins. <laughs> Vader won because of the votes in the chat. Kylo almost made it. Kylo I, re- made I remember it. that that matchup. <laughs> yeah, it was Vader versus Kylo. Actually, it was a full family affair because it was uh, Luke and Han. And this is the final four: Luke, Han, Vader, Kylo. Oh, that was the final four. It's pretty intense. Uh, but that's what the votes said. We count the votes. We, it's not just Daryl and I voting. We like everybody in the chat votes, and that's who moves on. Yep. Um, we also did a Pixar versus Disney with Josh and Angie from Network 1901. We just do everything with <laughs> Network 1901. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, ridiculously cool, I should say. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing we did was we actually do Q&A is on there as well. So we did a Q&A that was really fun. After we did the q and I had several people go like, that was my favorite live show. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it again. We need to do it again. The interrogation, we called it. Yeah, and actually, we're doing interrogations again. So here I'm now promoting the live show again. Yeah. We're going to do Stump the Chump. And we're going to do the first Although episode. I don't think we can call it that. No, Car Talk has the yeah, rights. Yeah, somebody that, else but. has been calling it that, I'm <laughs> sure. But what we're going to do is we're actually going to have an, an episode dedicated to trivia about Indiana Jones, where people in the comments and Daryl will try to be stumping me with trivia questions about Indiana Jones. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to turn it around, and we're actually going to do that to Daryl, but it'll be about Batman. <laughs> so you don't want to miss those. you got to go check out the live show. And if you don't check it out live, um, we do have some questions that we want your responses to if you go watch the video after it's happened. So I know everybody can't be there live, and that's totally cool. Um, like I said, also go check out Network 1901, what they're doing over there. Shannon has a bunch of great videos that come out. She's really good at putting together theories, um, even if we don't always agree with her, like <laughs> Jen and Cassian being alive. Like, we're not sure about that. But yeah, we I, do. I will say I read the Rogue One novel, and once people start dropping like flies, I started bawling. It's it's very <laughs> emotional. <laughs> yeah. So what we're saying, what we're saying on the Story Geeks podcast is that we ship Shannon and theories. <laughs> so we want Shannon to do some more theories. Those are great. Um, all right, but let's jump. Let's jump back into into Raylo here. Um, and this is where we're going to get a little deeper into the actual relationship that is occurring, because some, like maybe Paul Verhoeven, our guest on the uh, on Luke's character journey, have derided Raylo as an abusive relationship. Uh, in fact have really said that it should not be happening at all. So the first question I have for you guys is what about the relationship makes it abusive? The second question, which I didn't really put in here, but I want to ask you guys is, do you think it's, it's an abusive relationship? Yes or no. And then on top of that, how would you like to see it changed? So three part question, starting with what makes it abusive? If it is in fact abusive, Shannon, what do you think? Well, (laughs) um, the thing is, is that I understand why people say that it could be abusive. Um, That's a common critique of the enemies to lovers trope. It's a common critique of the monster husband um, trope that goes on, uh, which is in Beauty and the Beast. And what most people point to is the interrogation scene and a lot of people call rape on that scene while totally ignoring the fact that they are on opposite sides of a war and the same thing happens to Poe. And they also think that Kylo Ren is, you know, controlling and manipulating, which I say if you're 
paying attention, it's not abuse. And a lot of the people I think that call abuse on it are also ignoring the fact that Ray is not a damsel in distress. She can take care of herself. She's totally in control and she is his equal in the force. So I can see that it is problematic, um, but I would not say that it's abusive. Okay. Not, not abusive. Daryl, what do you think? I think it is unintentionally abusive. Okay. So I don't think that Kylo is setting out to abuse Rey. Hmm. Um, I think he wants some level of genuine relationship, just like he does with his own family, just like he does with Vader, just like he does with really anybody. He's hmm. just so twisted about it. Yeah. So I don't think he's setting out to abuse her, but I think by the fact that the way he tries to get close to her is by um, sort of, <laughs> I can't think of the word, exploiting, oh, yeah. by exploiting um, her needs. So like he focuses so heavily on, I know who your parents are. Mm. And all of these areas where she's so inconsistent are the areas that he hits really hard. And is really sort of manipulating her in a way that I think is not intentionally abusive, but really could end up being some emotional form of mm. ab abuse. Sure. Much the same way that, you know, a father would harp on the failures of a child too much and never provide any positive reinforcement. Yeah. Like it's not intended as abuse. Right. But, it does create some level of emotional trauma. Interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean a little bit further into this than, than you guys on the abusive side, but I want to give a big caveat to this. The first caveat I want to give is I believe that every now, so, so you, we can get into a long debate about the definition of the word abusive. Okay. It is a sliding scale. What I would tell you is that every relationship has some form of issues. Every relationship. I, I Except Poe and Finn. It, yeah, except for Stormpilot. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well let, let, let me just say this. You can, you can write, write uh, issues and relationships out of stories. But if you really deal with a relationship in real life, a true relationship, you are going to deal with a relationship where people hurt each other. In fact, um, I have heard people say uh, that if people are in a relationship are not hurting one another, it's usually a sign that there's no communication going on and that the relationship's even worse than you would have expected it to be. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that human beings uh, by nature are not perfect. They're imperfect. Um, so I think the relationship here uh, is abusive, but I think that it's abusive because I think that Kylo Ren is has been hurt beyond. Um, I don't think that there's a little bit of an indication out there that Kylo Ren is sort of like Anakin, where it's like, dude, get over your problems, bro. Stop being emo. Um, He's I very think that emo. It's, yeah, <laughs> he he is. But it, I think that it's it's not an unjustified perspective from him. Now, what I would tell you from a storytelling standpoint is that if a relationship has no issues, it is super boring. <laughs> I'm right? so glad you brought that up because I was so, going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So like what kind of like it would be so boring if it was like, OK, these two people are just kind of like, um, in fact, 
even in Poe and Finn's relationship, the fact that it starts out with this tension of it being, you're a captured pilot, I'm a stormtrooper, we're not even supposed to have this relationship, we can use one another to get to the next level of where we're trying to be, that is an issue. A relationship that starts out with two people trying to um, subvert everyone else's attention is a problem. Um, now, I don't mean that that can't be turned into a good thing. My wife and I were worked at the same place for a year and hid it from all our coworkers because we didn't want to create problems. But is that an issue? Yeah, because it's deceptive in some way, shape, or form. Now, you could now I, there are other issues because some of the people that we revealed our relationship to flipped out and had their own issues, right? But this is called being a human being. <laughs> this is what happens. And it's very boring if there are no issues. It is incredibly boring. So <laughs> for me, I go, yeah, I think it's an abusive relationship. But an abusive relationship should be a signal to us about what? Why do we want this to change? And change is part of the catalyst for characters to become far more interesting for us. So do, is it abusive? Yes. Do I lean to the Paul Verhoeven um, comment where he said basically, he? I think he said something about um, Kylo Ren being a mass murderer. Stop he said he's literally a war criminal. Stop trying to have sex with him. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. You have the best memory of all time. I can never remember these things. Um, yeah. So I would say that because we're, we're, the next question we're going to transfer into is more of what do we hope happens between these two, particularly in episode nine. And I would say, yes, it's abusive, but what does that lead us to believe or think or want to happen next? And I think that that's really, really important. Well, and also what else would Kylo, what other kind of relationship would Kylo be in? I yeah. mean, ever yeah. since it's true. every single relationship he's had has been problematic. Yeah, he's been know? nothing but abused. Yeah, I would. I mean, at least ever since his falling out with Luke, he's been nothing but abused. Sure. By other people. Because we don't know what the relationship with Luke was truly like. Yeah. Or what his relationship with Han and Leia was like before that. Well, yeah. we know what it was like when he was two years old, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I would I would actually imagine that if if from what we see in The Last Jedi in terms of Kylo's relationship with Luke Skywalker. We do see that Kylo truly believes that Luke is going to kill him. You don't make that jump mentally unless you think that your uncle has some disappointment in you or is wary of you or you can feel the fear or if he could feel the fear in Luke. You don't just all of a sudden jump to unless okay, so this is the this is what we this is what uh so there's a book by Leos Igree, which is a super old book called The Art of Dramatic Writing. And he makes the case that in writing, you cannot take a character from normal everyday human being to mass murderer. You can't do that because it's the suspension of disbelief is, is you can't go anywhere with that. The brain is looking for why did this person do this? And the true thing is, even in real life, that is not a really a thing. People don't just snap one day. Certain things happen to them that then cause them to snap. A lot of times, like you'll have like substance abuse or something. Right. So. It would go to to that point, to his point from a storytelling perspective. The relationship with Luke could not have been just like peachy keen, we're all good. All of a sudden, Uncle's trying yeah. to kill me. 
<laughs> right? Like, like we have to assume that there's some things there that are not good. And we have to also have to assume from what Luke tells us that he was having increasing fear over Kylo, which we know what increasing fear in the Star Wars universe means. Right. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Well, and like the the whole thing with Kylo too is that it we do learn that in the Last Jedi novelization that Snoke has been preying on him literally his entire life, and I think it's in the aftermath books. Leia says that she felt like this presence even when she was just pregnant with Ben. So like he has had this dark energy in his head, this like demon whispering in his ear his entire life, probably magnifying every single doubt and fear he has ever had. And so I'm sure to people like Han who like who's not super familiar with the force like that would freak him out so like they send him off to luke so now he's fearing that like something's going on with his parents and then like luke's sensing all of this darkness too and i'm sure being a jedi that probably wasn't the most loving relationship so he's probably getting all of these insecurities and all of these fears and all of these doubts magnified by this darkness and then to wake up one night with your uncle standing over you with a lightsaber about to kill you like wouldn't you think that your fate is sealed and that you don't have a choice but to fall to the dark side like that's been his entire life like that's just it just completely blows my mind and so like yeah of course he's gonna have problems forming relationships with people later on and is not going to be able to like handle his emotions in a way that we'd <laughs> want him to be able to handle them so it makes a lot of sense and i would also argue that like you know, if he's exploiting Ray's weaknesses, I think Ray's kind of exploiting his a little bit too, and she's hurting him back. Like, she pulls a lightsaber on him on the end, and, like, we see what happened the first time somebody pulled a lightsaber on him. So, like, he probably got a little bit triggered by that. Mm, that's a good point. It's certainly, if your uncle pulls a lightsaber on you, it certainly makes for awkward Christmas parties. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what it does. All right, so let's do this. Let's 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 dream a little bit about what we hope happens between Kylo Ren and Rey and the Raylo situation leading into episode 9. I think we're what? Are we we're about what? 14 months away from episode 9? Uh too far December away. 2019 so I think the last count was like 560 something days somebody's doing a count <laughs> on, Whoa, uh, on that's Twitter a lot of days <laughs> yeah Yikes. so we're yeah, way far away from that we're way far away from that but um Daryl I'll start with you then I'll go to Shannon what do you want to the Raylo to evolve into in episode nine well this is a little dark but I want one of them to die Oh. oh my goodness! <laughs> and I know, I know, I know. Raylo people me. just revolted against this podcast. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm getting on my my soapbox. Oh, <laughs> but here, but let me let me clarify. So, yeah. First of all, I don't. And Shannon, again, maybe you know more than this than I do, but I don't believe there's any intention to have story about Ky Kylo and Ray beyond Episode Nine. Is that correct? So I haven't heard of anything. I yeah. haven't heard of anything, but there are rumblings that they're trying to get them to extend their contracts. Um, but I could see them exploring their relationship in books. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Sure. Is that we get books. Well, I so the, okay. So the reason I talk about death is I want episode nine to be a very satisfying conclusion to this trilogy and to their story. Mm. And I feel like I want to see a significant change in one of them. I'm okay with it going either way. I'm okay with Kylo being redeemed. Okay. And I'm okay with Ray going dark. Mm. 
either one is okay with me if it's well written, which I trust that it will be. Um, but I feel like their relationship is not something that can exist mm. in the long term. Yeah. So I feel like the logical conclusion to the end of the story is that one of them dies mm. in a way that profoundly affects the other. Maybe it's Kylo redeeming himself and actually sacrificing himself to save her. Mm. Maybe it's... Um, a la Darth Vader. Yeah, a la Darth Vader. Maybe Rey dies and Kylo is left with the eternal torment that he can never complete what he was looking for in Rey. That's dark, I know. (laughs) It's like, oh, my heart. I know. (laughs) But literally the one thing I cannot picture... He goes to an island to live with the porgs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The one thing I cannot picture is this series ending and the two of them just Ross and Rachel in it and being together. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... (laughs) As long as they don't do it, yeah. As long as they don't do the "How I Met Your Mother" ending, yeah, that's oh just gosh, the worst of stupid. all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, not to not to get all Joss Whedon about it, but I just don't see happiness for them. Just don't no see happiness. happiness. They can't. Okay. They yeah. can't go go off into the sunset. I don't think it's wow. as interesting a story, to be honest. Okay, I I want the relationship to continue in the next movie. I want there to be a profound effect on each other. So you want heavy, heavy emotion, but you don't want happily ever after. Right. Cause I don't feel like happily ever after fits. Mm, I don't think it fits the narrative that we've been given so far. Um, and another thing I'll say just on the side is I can't wait for everybody else to find out about their connection. Because nobody really knows about it, right? Because Snoke right. knew about it, but he's dead. Right. Luke knew about it, and he's not around anymore. He'll yeah. hopefully we'll see him as a Force ghost or something. But yeah. so no one really knows how connected and how close the two of them have become. True. And I can't that wait to see question. that blow up in yeah. Episode Nine. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, is she gonna tell people? I yeah. don't think she will. I think she's gonna keep it a secret. I don't think she'll tell people, but I think it will be revealed. Yeah, I think I think they'll find out, and it's going to completely blow up in her face. Yeah. She's going to mm-hmm. tell Finn, actually, I do have a cute boyfriend. And he'll be like, <laughs> what? And then it'll be just and he'll be like, yeah, I do too. And he'll be like, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. By the way, by the way, you guys were talking about this earlier, and I just have to throw this out there. I thought, I thought, uh, that now I'm going to say this in in, in uh, millennial way. I was shipping Poe and Holdo for a while. So like, <laughs> Poldo. Yeah, what? a lot of people Poldo. ship Poldo. Yeah, Poldo, a lot yeah. of people do. Exactly. Well, because it was like there was some tension there that was there really was fascinating. T- she calls him Flyboy. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm just saying she is visually a lot older than him, though. It's kind of creepy. I don't I know. Mean, man. Like I said, you can ship Poe with literally anyone. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna let Shannon respond to <laughs> because because we have half of the Raylo group just like probably going bananas. Yeah, you've probably just like angered an entire fandom. That's right. That's right. Which we which we like doing. Well, that's part of our deal. We well, like. But to- I'm I'm not trying to anger anybody. I'm actually <laughs> reinforcing how good the relationship yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I will say like. So I, I completely disagree with you, but I also kind of would be okay with your idea, uh, with your idea. But I to completely disagree with you, because so what do you say, Shannon? What is your what's your take? Well, 
it's the end of the Skywalker trilogy. Like, it's the end of the Skywalker story. And to me, like, you don't end that on a downer. Like, if you kill Ben Solo or if he's irredeemable or if he's 100% evil, like, all that kind of stuff, you're basically saying that the Skywalkers, like, there's no hope for them and that, you know, might as well just kill them all. At least they're gone. Now the galaxy will probably be better off, which they totally would be. But there's just (laughs) so much, like, imagery with Ben Solo representing hope, like, throughout the novels and throughout the movies a little bit with, like, the sun and the sun, like, S-U-N-S-O-N references and that kind of stuff, that it just makes sense that we're on, like, a redemption pathway. And I know what most Raylos want is they don't want romantic Raylo unless he is redeemed because it would never work and never be sustainable if he's not redeemed. When it comes to one of them dying, I feel like the way that they're connected in the Force, you can't kill one of them. I feel like in order to achieve balance, you either kill both of them or you kill neither of them. And I don't think they would kill both, but I could see maybe there being some kind of sacrifice and maybe we get like a tangled or like a beauty and the beast moment. I don't know. That would be cool. But I mean, like my, my ideal ending would probably be like Kylo Ren and Ray or Ben Solo, if he's redeemed and Ray, like flying off on the Falcon to just, start over somewhere and just like get away from the craziness of whatever happens after this war and just not be a part of it like maybe starting a jedi academy or just going off into the unknown regions and maybe we get to explore that in books or something but i just don't see them ending it on a colossal downer of there's no hope for the skywalker saga (laughs) Hmm. well if kylo redeems himself and sacrifices himself I mean, that's true. To save? I mean, that is... That, that is hopeful. But they've done that already. It's true. Well, yeah. But they've done a lot of what they're doing already, too. I mean, I true. Mean, I mean, true. But, I mean, when it comes to the characters, for, for the most part, I feel like they're trying to, like, do it in a little bit of a different way. Like, with, the, with Anakin and Padme, they're kind of doing, like, a, a reverse Annie Dalla ship. And, like, they're doing, like, the inverse of Anakin. And so I feel like to have him end the same way Anakin does wouldn't work. But I mean, I could see them doing it. And if they did it well, I'd be totally fine with that. I'm pretty much okay with anything as long as they do it all right. But I would probably cry forever. So So, I I like you guys. I I like both of your takes, actually. Um, I'll just say this. I would call myself a... Let me start. Let me start here, because I'm probably gonna make some people mad. So I'm just gonna try to start out with why why I'm gonna make people mad. I'm picking up something I can throw at you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, that's a really heavy. It's really heavy. Like, I'm very far away. I can't <laughs> help you. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's talk redemption for a second. Um, because we talked about this a little bit on the Luke's character journey podcast. And one of the things that Paul Verhoeven had said was like this, we don't want redemption. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think we always want redemption. I think to not want redemption is not a good place to put ourselves as human beings. And I think that that's predominantly because as human beings, 
if we don't realize we're flawed, if you were to tell me I'm not a flawed human being, anybody on earth, I don't care who it is. I'm not a flawed human being. My first response to you would be bullshit. My second response to you would be <laughs> you're a hypocrite too. So if you don't believe you have any flaws and you're that prideful about yourself, then you're probably a complete hypocrite. So to say that we don't want redemption is sort of like saying that there is a standard that we all meet. Now, I'm not saying that there are some people that don't go down such dark paths that it would almost be impossible for them to redeem themselves. I do believe that that's true as well. But I do believe that the, the I do believe in redemptive arcs. I think it's what um, what happens with Vader, right? So somebody said, oh, yeah, well, the Vader redemption arc wasn't as bad when we didn't have the prequels. I don't think it weakens Vader's arc to have the prequels. I think it only strengthens Vader's arc to have the Same. prequels. Same. So when he just destroys all the younglings, then we're going, this is the biggest villain in the history of, of Star Wars cinema, right? Like he is doing things that are atrocious. Even Sidious didn't do those things. I mean, Sidious has war crimes. That's a different thing. Not, but you don't see Sidious just murdering kids. That's just awful. Um, but at the same time, I still buy into the redemption that he has because he was tormented the entire time. Uh, we want him to have a redemptive arc in the end. We want him to do something that redeems himself from this thing. Um, and obviously, as somebody who is very spiritual about redemption, I believe that we can even have spiritual redemption um, even when we're not able to fully redeem ourselves in the physical world. So for me, I want to see redemption happen. Does redemption have consequences? Yes. That's why it's very hard for Darth Vader to do anything that could redeem himself. The one thing that he can do is sacrifice himself to die so that um, Luke can go on living because he realizes that Luke actually has the appropriate perspective. That's a fantastic character arc. That works really well. Now. Does he sort of need to die? Yeah, he kind of needs to die because if he was just like, okay, I'm going to become a normal citizen again, you'd be like, <laughs> ooh, that's rough though because you killed younglings, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I know you helped out with the emperor right now, but there also there's the youngling issue. So I think what's so cool about Vader's redemption is that from a spiritual perspective, he turns back to the light side and we go, yes, if he were to keep living, he could actually add value to society, but it's a, it's a more poetic arc if he doesn't keep living because he, he actually has recompense for all of the things that he did, right? He makes up for that by, by killing, um, by killing Palpatine, but for him to go on living would be awkward. So as a story, from a storytelling perspective, that's in a fantastic arc. That's why I probably can't go full Shannon and say I want Ray and Kylo to go off into the sunset, so to speak. Um, <laughs> well, that's why they go off to like the unknown regions, because then he's not rejoining <laughs> society and people don't right. have to deal with that. He's going into exile, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I think that that's that's fair. That that's for you to say that. I'm not calling you out on saying. Oh like, yeah, oh, no. I can't believe you do that. Not at all. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like for me, I don't know that it can it can it can complete that loop now what i'm gonna say <laughs> is actually um maybe gonna get me in trouble with even more people because i if i'm gonna root for anything i would like for them to come together in the ultimate kind of arc to even more powerful than a romeo and juliet arc because romeo and juliet uh spoiler alert 
for the, something that was written in like the 1700s. <laughs> really? We're afraid of spoiling Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> no, no, Spoilers if you're I'm not really a not. ninth grade freshman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. But but uh, jokes aside, that that those deaths are mistaken deaths. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they're, they're not killing themselves. That, that, that's very tragic. It's kind of like, oh, I thought you were dead, so I killed myself. Oh, you're actually, oh, that you killed yourself? I'm going to kill myself. Like, that's terrifying, right? Um, I mean, she really needed to learn that if she had just cried for a little bit longer, it would have been okay. <laughs> just right. cry and you'll be all right. <laughs> Don't hold your emotions in. Just keep yeah. crying. Um, so I hope that they have to come together more by both sacrificing to save the galaxy and both of them end up dying and neither one of them goes on living i like that too because that to me is the perfect poetic arc because you're saying like we love each other so much and we realize that what we've done in fact i wouldn't be surprised if ray goes darker and in order to get back to the light kylo has to sort of sacrifice in a way that she sees him sacrificing realizes what she should have been doing this entire time and they both make a sacrifice to you know i don't know who that's going to be because i think it's really awkward to introduce a villain that's even stronger than the two of them yeah that's the problem problem. if if kylo goes good who are they fighting the only way i can see it happening is not that dangerous (laughs) yeah they're gonna they'd have to bring in like like the rest of the galaxy that we haven't seen yet or do you know who they bring in thrawn the knights of ren (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I Knights don't think they would fight the Knights of Ren, though. There's a lot of speculation that the Knights of Ren would defend Kylo, although we don't really know. Like, Ryan Johnson said he was afraid to even do anything with them because they weren't sure. Which is crazy for happen. Ryan Johnson to say he was yeah. afraid, he was of, afraid doing of something. I, personally, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think they're all dead. I, I think Snoke was mocking him, and he's they're all dead. Snoke I kind of think all. that that's true, too. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not sure. But I think that, that for me personally, that the best arc would be for them both to die, but to do so in a way that completes their relationship and makes their both arcs redeemed in a way that's really, really powerful. Um, because I think that we talked about this on, on the Thanos episode that we were just talking about. Like death has death has power. Yeah. And when I say death has power, what I don't mean is that it's um that it it has fake power where you have to like force it. But but um it has real power in that it completes someone's arc regardless of whether it was ready to be completed or not. <laughs> um but when death occurs when the arc completes, it is such a poetic powerful thing that I would love to see it happen in Star Wars. It's the same thing as Vader, right? But to have both of them go through that would be killer yeah so sorry that was a really long explanation but that's what i would like to see well it's actually really funny that you say that because there's actually a quote in the art book about like obi-wan kenobi's death because um hans was kind of supposed to mirror that and it's basically saying that like he makes this like ultimate choice to like let vader kill him and it it makes him more powerful it makes obi-wan more powerful because luke witnessed that and it spurs the hero into action but then it also throws the villain into turmoil because of like what they've done so like you're right like death really is super powerful but at the same time it's disney 
And I don't know if they'd be willing to go there, but it'd be really cool if they did. <laughs> yeah, and especially especially with Daisy Ridley. Especially with Daisy Ridley. Yeah, you could have a whole trilogy dedicated to Ray. Yeah. I mean that. I mean that's a that is such. Well, pardon the pun, but it's such a killer character uh, <laughs> that I would just it would just be super cool. I don't know. It'd be hard not to want Daisy Ridley in more movies. Although she said she doesn't want to do anymore. Yeah. So I. I don't want more. I don't. I, 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 I don't want, want more to, because yeah. it's so good. You know I, what yeah. I mean? I feel the same way. Actually, I feel. I, I feel like. So you were talked about at the beginning of the show. We talked about Solo coming out. Yeah. And and like, there's a certain part of me that's super. Like Shannon says, I'm super hyped with Shannon about this movie, right? But part of me is also like, can we just get more stories like Rogue One or like even more stories that exist outside of the the chronological timeline yeah. that we've True. seen? Yeah, that just exist in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, because like, I don't know if you guys have played Knights of the Old Republic, the game. But it was so awesome because it had nothing to do with anything else Star Wars. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like Dark Disciple. I mean, it ties into like Clone Wars stuff and like Obi-Wan is in it, but it's not really about those characters. Like it kind of exists on its own. And so does Lost Stars, too, which is also very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Best Star Wars book I've ever read. It's for real, though. It's so good. The the, um, uh, graphic novel for it just came out, too. It's exciting. Cool. Maybe we'll get Daryl to watch it or read it that way. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You got to, man. What's it called so again? Good. Lost, yeah, Lost Stars. Lost Stars. Lost Stars. Yeah, Lost Stars. It's really mm-hmm. good. Really yeah, good. Yeah, Claudia Gray. She She's the best. And see, like, I, I don't want to see more of this story continue on in more movies, but I would love to get standalone, like, like books. I would love to have, like, a book series dedicated to, like, Ben Solo's backstory or to, like, what becomes of these characters afterwards kind of like what the eu did like i'd love to see it explored that way but i feel like movie wise they should have it come to a complete end and then it's just if you want to explore more there is media for it and i want them to be written by claudia gray or sarah j moss if she's willing to write uh for star wars because ooh, girl like you need to write some raylo <laughs> <laughs> so last we have come to our last question i'm gonna start with daryl um and we'll go to shannon um. Actually, you know what? I'll start with me. No, I'll go. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't do that very often, but this yeah. one I think I will. Um, the the last question is how, and this is actually from Shannon. How has Raylo impacted you personally? Um, so we'll let Shannon answer her own question last. I'll go first, just to say, um, I would not have expected it to impact me very personally at all. In fact, the first time I heard that Raylo came up not understanding it i was very much like what why is that a subculture i don't understand i don't understand this right um now having considered it and having talked about it and i and even coming to more conclusions at the end of this podcast uh i would say this impacted me in this way the two characters are on a path that is fantastic from a storytelling perspective there is no way out of this that is not somewhat painful (laughs) yeah and that is the kind of story we should all just really crave in storytelling the painful stories are the ones that we go home remembering the reason why empire strikes back is my favorite film in the star wars universe and the reason why rogue one is number two is because they're very painful they're very painful and that pain makes us look at the story and go that says something it says something when Jin and Cassian 
sacrifice themselves. That says something to us about how important their actions actually were to fight back an evil empire, an evil dictatorship, essentially, uh, an evil fascist regime, if you will. That says something. So I like that part of it. So so I think that no matter how it ends, even if it ends uh, with them, uh, like, like Shannon said, you know, removing themselves from society, it's going to be painful no matter what happens. And I'm all on board for that because that's where amazing stories happen. So that's how it's impacted me. Daryl, how has it impacted you? Probably in a similar way. I mean, I don't know if Raylo itself has impacted me in a huge way, but these movies have impacted me in a huge way because if you look at the history of genre filmmaking and especially specifically at the idea of reinvigorating an old franchise, it's not great. Like Mm. in the past, it was sort of an automatic formula for a mediocre film at best. (laughs) That's true. You know? Yeah. And that's just what you could expect. And I feel like when The Force Awakens was on its way, a lot of people were worried about that. Yeah. And then we got the trailer and we were like, oh, oh, you know? And, yeah. and then the movie came out and it was like, oh, <laughs> you know? And, and that was Daryl's whole internal monologue of <laughs> yeah, feelings. That's right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so just to be so excited about such good storytelling that is also tied to one of the biggest nostalgias of my life. Yeah. Like it's so exciting to be a star Wars fan right now. Mm. And I feel like that's going to hold true at least through episode nine. Yeah. After that, I'm a little worried about oversaturation. I don't know how it's going to go. Sure. But it has just been super exciting. And the relationship between Kylo and Ray is a big part of that story. It's a big part Mm. of what makes it so good because it's really an honest look at how these two broken people from different perspectives can need each other and could seek after each other in a way that those around them probably won't understand. Right. But all of that is just wrapped up in this great story that I'm so excited about. And I can't wait for episode nine. Yeah. I think oversaturation for me will be when there's a Jar Jar trilogy. <laughs> it's really? it's going to take it. that. It's going to take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take. I'll take some other nine, crazy Jar movies. Jar Jar comes back as the real villain of the story. <laughs> for me, I'm already that would worried be a that, tragedy. I'm already worried that Solo is oversaturation. Oh, and I, that I, episode I, nine will be a a bright spot. Uh, okay. hmm. I mean, it could be. I I don't know. I'm I'm very hyped for this movie. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will ha- we'll have to see. So, so Shannon, what about you? How is how has Raylo impacted you? Yeah, so I mean, Raylo has really impacted me in kind of a personal way because, like I said, like The Force Awakens was my entry point into Star Wars fandom, and this is a very daunting fandom to try to get into because it's so big and there's so many people and there's so many opinions and there's so much going on, and so like I I didn't really do too much with it, and then like Rogue One came out and I started having all of these theories and I was starting to listen to more podcasts and really getting into it, and after The Last Jedi came out, that's when I really got immersed into the fandom because the Raylo community just kind of like opened up their arms and were so welcoming. And I have made so many friends through interacting with people online. Like the Twitter community has really been kind of like my refuge these past couple of months because it's been a rough couple of months with like graduation and stuff. But I would say that like, you know, my friends like Alex and Megan, Charlotte, Caitlin, Anna, like we're all in a group chat together. And it's like, it's so great to 
have found these people that we can just talk about anything with. Like, we talk about Raylo, obviously, a lot. We thirst after Adam Driver a lot. We are called the Thirst Order. But <laughs> oh, we, wow. we are, yes. Um, <laughs> That's the t-shirt you need to make right there. Oh, we, we are. Trust me. We're, we're in the process of making them for celebration. <laughs> um, but, like, we've, we've used this to, like, explore other things that we might be into. Like, I got Alex and Megan into um, A Court of Thrones and Roses, tr- like, series. And, like, we all read those together and talked about them. And, like, the new book came out. And we got to talk about that. And we've been watching, like, all of these other movies because it's like, oh, my God, it's so Raylo. And, like, we all read fan fiction together. And it's just been absolutely amazing. And, I mean, Alex in particular, like, she she was a listener and she reached out to me and we started talking to each other and reading fan fiction. And, I mean, we've talked to each other, like, every single day since this movie came out. And, I mean, if it wasn't for her, like... I probably would have like dropped off the base of the earth like a long time ago. Like this, this fandom has really helped me like just reach out and like make connections with people. And it's, it's been really great. And I'm really happy that I've had it in my life, even if it goes wrong and all the characters die or everybody's (laughs) totally evil and nobody gets to be together. Like we'll still have the time right now. And that's been really important to me. That's really cool. And it's, (laughs) If everybody becomes evil, <laughs> that would be a twist. That wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? One of the one of the, like the fake leaks on Reddit said that like Ray would like the twist would be that Ray is the dark and that Kylo is the light. And I'm like, okay, sure. It's like there's been some really weird fake tweets, uh, fake leaks on Reddit. Like it's it's been interesting. That doesn't surprise me at all on Reddit. Reddit's. I mean, somebody even said I think it was a typo, but they said like Poe was gonna be the leader of the First Order, and I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? That's hilarious. The guy that loves everyone and everyone loves him turns into yeah. the worst. Actually, a lot of the leaks say that like he's going to kind of be the villain, which I can see why people are saying that. But at the same time, it's like, I, I think you got to give him a little bit more credit. You know, it's like. Have those people seen X-Men Apocalypse? <laughs> I don't know. We don't want him to be a villain. Yeah, yeah. No, we, that's for sure. Oh. Uh. That's. Oscar Isaac is the most likable person in the history of film and a great actor. And then he shows up in that film and you're like, nope. I, I always forget that he's in it because it's like, he's just so not Oscar Isaac in yeah. that movie. I know. It's so weird. Oh, uh, gosh. All right. Well, that is today's show on Raylo. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I think this was a, it's a you know, if someone brought up to me like, like, you know, before the last Jedi, if someone brought up to me like, "Hey, you'll be doing a podcast on Raylo," I probably yeah, would be like, "I'm going to do what?" Yeah, exactly. Like, You're going to talk like... about bridal carries and monster yeah. husbands. It doesn't seem like anything I would do ever, <laughs> but here we are, and it's a really fun conversation. So, Shannon, thanks for joining us. What's a way for people to connect with you? Uh, the best way to connect with me is probably um, through Twitter. I'm at McCarter Shannon. I'm also at McCarter Shannon on basically everything else, but I'm most active on Twitter. I also, along with Network 1901, I do have my own YouTube channel where I talk about books uh, twice a week. I do spoiler-free reviews. Sometimes I tell you everything you need to know about a book, so that way you don't have to read it if you don't want to. So it's always a party over there. Read lots of Star Wars books if you want to check those out. It's called Still Waiting for My Seder. That's awesome. And by the way, um, I would uh, give Shannon a ton of credit because um, I don't hear a ton of people who are awesome at breaking down stories to kind of fully understand what's going on, especially people who aren't (laughs) writers. That's not a common thing. 
Um, but Shannon does a fantastic job of it. So go check out um, all of her stuff. And by the way, if you're looking for her on, on Twitter, there's a, there's a slight trick to her to her um, handle. <laughs> there's only one N in Shannon. Yeah, it's only one N. And the thing is, I didn't even know until Josh pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, oh my God, are you serious? There's only one N in there? <laughs> I thought it was maybe like a length thing because you can only have so much, so, you know, like the, you can only have them be so long. On, no, on the yeah, handle. I just totally but. didn't even know. So well, I like went through and I like changed my Instagram and my Litzy so that they'd match. So it's just it's at McCarter Shannon, but instead of the double in, it's just the one in. There you go, there McCarter you go. Shannon. Yeah, McCarter <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, also, for those of you listening, uh, don't forget to go get your Raylo T-shirt. Um, Nathan designed it. Like like Daryl said, it's an awesome design um male and female t-shirts so you can go out and check that out buy your Raylo shirt um also make sure you leave us a comment so do you ship Raylo? let us know <laughs> tweet at us send us an email the storygeeks at gmail.com uh however you want to get in touch with us comment on the blog post when you see the blog post go up we would like to know uh and then also i would really like to know how you want it to end so you team shannon are you team Daryl? Are you team Jay? How exactly do you want this thing to play out? Um, really want to hear that from you. Uh, anything, Daryl, that you want to bring up? No, just uh, subscribe. Uh, consider checking out Patreon. I would say that because mm-hmm. we've been doing a lot of fun stuff that is ending up specifically on Patreon lately, and we want you guys to hear it. So yeah, absolutely. Consider checking that out. We would greatly appreciate the support. It would help us to continue to get better at what we do make it sound better make it look better and you get to hear some great stuff in the meantime yeah absolutely we actually have some opportunities on patreon too if you are a if you have uh, an organization that you would like us to promote on our program you can actually go on to patreon support us on there we will get in touch with you and make sure that we are doing that so if you're trying to sell something let us know we can help you out with that um and you can support us on patreon in the process so now we come to the last part of the show as always Question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth. <laughs>